This is your boy, Dr. Darius Williams. I'm excited that you stopped by to feed your spirits, to refresh your mind. Today, I'm excited that we're going to present a word to you. All you have to do is sit back, relax. If you're on the road, enjoy the ride. If you're at work, keep working. If you are tending to the children, let them play. Put your ear pods in and listen to what God is saying. Enjoy. Father, your word is blessed. Give us what we need to do what you call us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. I told my wife I need my time tonight, so y'all ready? Yes. I just need to know I ain't dealing with no chickens in here. Y'all chickens? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I ain't want to go nowhere oh, and fight with okay, people that's okay. chicken. They are for okay, me. Okay. Okay. Even if I get knocked upside the head, I'm going for what I know. That's all I know is to go for what I know. Fine, when it's over, it's over, but I'm going for what I know. Right? So we're going to Ephesians chapter 6. <sighs> Y'all take a deep breath in, deep breath out. I don't know how fast we're going to go. I'm going to try to stay slow, okay? Now, at any point I'm moving too fast, they slow down, repeat this class. Okay. I'm not here to make y'all feel good. I'm here for you to learn. Amen. So the objective is to learn how to war. Effectively, how to war spiritually. So a lot of people say, I'm in spiritual warfare. Well, I don't know how to do that. What does that look like? You know, how do I technically war spiritually? I might know how to fight naturally, but how do I war spiritually? So we're going to talk about a lot of your favorite scriptures tonight. Ephesians 6. Verse 11 is where we're going to start. And let me just make a couple of generic statements real quick. The first one is, there is a real war going on, right? And the war is not against your family and the devil. <laughs> just got to dispel that. It ain't against you and somebody else. The real war that's going on is the war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. The way the devil brings about conflict may be involves your family and the devil. But that's not the ultimate war. The war is against the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. Okay? What is the church's position in this? You got to remember, you are the church. What is the church's position? The church's position is we have been assigned as heaven's defense system. We're the defense system. We that squad they put out there before that, that army make it to heaven. We that defense. Right? We already know that the war is fixed, but we the defense system. So you need to write that down. Because there's a difference between defense and offense. And as you study your own time about defense and offense, there are different postures and stands and mindsets, perspectives, all of that. So you have to know that the church's assignment, watch this, the church's assignment in war is defense. Your assignment in your own spiritual warfare is offense. When we war collectively, corporately, we're in the defense. We're in the defense of what God's word has said as, an, as a manifestation and confirmation that God's word is true. So when the devil look at us, he should know that God's word is what it is. We're defending, in some sense, the power of the word of God. Okay? But when you're in your own personal warfare, you're on the offense. Now, one of the types of prayers that they say we pray or attempt to pray are throne room prayers. That would give you what the original looking of this was in the church. And then we're going to talk about what it should look like, okay? Prayer, the, the throne room prayers. Old church throne room was the mourner's bench. I'm in the throne room. There is this seat called the mercy seat. I bow before that seat and I petition God for mercy and grace, basically. Right? Throne room prayers. 
When we used to go to church, they used to pray 30 minutes at the beginning. Uh, and they got up, and when that one got done, they shook their hand, they walked down the aisle, and the next one come down, he shook everybody's hand, and he knelt down, and he prayed to the throne room. That was the original look of it. Now, the intent of throne room prayers should have been alignment with heaven. But when we pray in the throne room, meaning kneeling before God on the altar, a lot of times we pray prayers of need and petition and request. But you shouldn't pray request and need as a throne room prayer. You're supposed to pray alignment with heaven. You should call everything into alignment from yourself to everything around you. I call my attitude into alignment, my mindset into alignment, I call my behavior into alignment, I call everything has to come, because before you can war, you have to be in order. Most of us are trying to war out of order. So you got to be in alignment with heaven. Now, what or from what perspective should throne room prayers be prayed? Catch this. Throne room prayers that are prayed should be prayed from the realm of faith. From the realm of faith. Because sometimes you second guess what you believe as the truth. And how God will work that thing out. So when you pray in the throne room, you're praying from faith, the realm of faith. Now, here's the thing. You have to know that there is a realm of faith, not just your measure of faith. You have to be able to tap into the realm, the spirit of faith, because when you tap into the spirit of faith, you get another level of confidence in who you are in God, which changes your position and posture, and it stiffens that stands up like you got some authority. Does that make sense? So when you pray from the realm of faith, you don't pray with the, the faith the size of a mustard seed. You pray with the faith the size of an apple. Your faith has grown to another level. Now, throne room prayers are not defensive. They are offensive because you are praying from the position of heaven. Okay. Talked about this last week. Now, let's look at it. Ephesians 2 and 6. Let's go there first. Let me give you that as a support scripture, and we're going to move quickly. Somebody read Ephesians 2 and 6. This is your position. This is your stance. This is your offense. And raised up with, up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when he raised Jesus up, he got you up too. When he said Jesus, he said you too. As long as you were saved. For real. So what does that mean? I'm seated in heavenly places beside Jesus. So my position is heaven. So if I'm going to war from heaven, I have to be in alignment with heaven. Now, let's talk about how do we war. So that's just my foundation. I need you to, to say those few things. Now we're going to get into nitty gritty. What do I have to know if I'm going to war? Can't just fight in the blind. Go out there swinging and windmilling. I remember I got into a fight before a grader girl just started windmilling. I just stood back. Like, you, can't even, you don't even know what I'm going to do. The windmiller can't see. I picked up something through the hill. She didn't see me coming. <laughs> you, you have to know how to war, right? These are the three things you have to ask yourself. Who is the enemy? Where is the battle? And what are your weapons? Those are the three things you have to know. Who is the enemy? Where is the battle? What are your weapons? These things are the same every time. I know you try to make it somebody else. They your enemy. But your enemy every time is who? Huh? Somebody said who? Who said it? Who the enemy every time? Satan and his cohorts. You're never wrestling against flesh and blood. Satan is always your enemy. When you lose sight of that, you fight wrong. 
Did y'all hear me? When you lose sight that the person standing in front of you is not your enemy, then you fight out of the will of God. Your enemy is always saying, where do you fight? Next question. This is the one I like. Where do you fight? Where is the battle? In your mind. It is. Battlefield of the what? Y'all read most of y'all done bought the book, but didn't read it. Huh? Battlefield is in your mind. So where do you battle? In your mind. This is important. You cannot win the war, most of us, because you haven't won the battle in your mind yet. You are not trying to defeat the enemy of your mind. You are trying to discern and sift through your own mind and what should actually be there. Listen to this. If you don't know the word, then you have nothing to cause you to submit in your mind to God so that he can tell you how to fight. Oh my God. If you don't have a word to submit to, then when you're fighting, you're fighting in your flesh. Oh my, this, this, you got to catch that. Because if you're not up under subjection to a word that's holding you hostage to keep you from behaving like you want to behave, then you're not behaving according to the word of God. And I know you justified how you're behaving, but it's not in the will of God if it's not subjected to a word. You have to have a word to cause you to submit to. There are many people who are in an uproar about things, but the uproar is a sign of your unsubmittedness. My God, from time. I'm just going to teach and preach to myself tonight. When your behavior is unsubmitted, then it identifies to the enemy that you don't have the word knowledge that you portray. I got to say that again. When your behavior is unsubmitted, what does unsubmitted behavior look like? No discipline. You can't control your flesh. You can't control your mouth. You say stuff like, I ain't all the way there yet. He's still working on me. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I mean, that's, that, you're just saying in that moment that I'm undisciplined to this extent. There's a place that the enemy can cross the line and make me go across that line and behave. Watch this. Not in alignment with the word of God. When you come out of alignment with the word, you set yourself up to fail or to lose the war. That's why the first level of prayer is alignment. When he finds out that you don't know what the word says, he then knows he has the upper hand to manipulate you in your ignorance against the words you do have. Then you'll look like the son of the schema. They knew something, but what they knew wasn't solid. So they were going to try to do a thing on what they thought they knew. And when the enemy could identify that they didn't really believe what they said they was about to do, then he said, oh, no. Y'all out here playing. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to teach you what we do to vote and come out here playing. Huh? You know them people that got all that mouth? Then they go and fight somebody that don't really say much. They whoop up on them real good. Huh? My grandma always say the baddest person ain't always talking. It's the choir which you got to look out for. It's the folk that don't say much. Because they oftentimes don't feel like they have to prove to you that they being bad with their mouth. Okay. Ephesians, here we go, 6, 11 through 17. It's a whole bunch of weapons. But all of the weapons that you fight with are defensive except for one. Everything, you know, you put on the whole armor of God, then they name all this stuff. What is that armor for? It's for you to take it. It's a defense. None of that. It's only one weapon for offense. Y'all got to catch this tonight. You think you fight in the offense and all this stuff you quote out your mouth. You quote that scripture, just throwing it out there. Put on the helmet of salvation and build up all this. And you think that ain't offensive? That's for you to take some punches and say this. Yeah. 
So you just saying to the devil, hit me. <laughs> I got the shield. Okay, you got it. But it's up. It's for you to take something. Stop quoting this stuff and you tell the devil to hit you. All of your weapons are defensive except for one. Your only offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit translated is the word of God. We're going to talk about it tonight. So you don't have an offensive weapon without the word. And oh, you don't like to study, but you like to fight. I'm talking tonight. That's why he war against you in your study time. You don't like to read. You don't comprehend. You don't know. He wants you to be ignorant because your only offense is the word. And when you don't have that, you won't have that to fight with. The only thing you can do in battle is stand there and take the licks. That's why he said, brother, I will not have you be ignorant. He said that 24 times in the Bible. I don't want you to be unknowledgeable. Because when you're unknowledgeable, the only thing you can do is stand ye there for. <laughs> be steadfast, uncool. <laughs> be the always abound in the world of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Let's go with it. Let's, let's, okay, verse 11. Let's break these scriptures down. Somebody read Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the, of the devil. The armor is for you to stand and take it. <laughs> that what it just said. Put on the whole arm of God. In the Amplified Version, it says so that you can successfully stand and not fall. So your armor is to keep you up while you fight. Because anytime you go on that ground, you beat up. Y'all yeah, yeah. know it. Don't slip and fall in no fight. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Y'all ain't gonna hold it here. Don't listen. If I see you slip and fall in the fight, this is it. It is a wrap. Do not slip and fall in the fight. Huh? So you have this armor so you don't fall and your enemy get the upper hand. Because at the point you cuss them out and you fall. Oh, be all over that. Baby, it's over. That's what he wants. He wants you to slip and fall. Huh? The rest of it, he just bobbing and weaving. He wants you to slip and fall. He want to hit you one good time, smack you, and make you shake it up like, I oh, know, Joe, you ain't hit me. Then he wants you to. Get back at them the way they got back at you. Then you down. Yeah. Then he said, okay, they're right where I want them down. Forget what he's going to do. Get on top of you and beat the stew out of you. And somebody going to have to pull them off for you. Then when you come into the altar looking all pimp for crying. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> you got beat up. I know you say it. Huh? Yeah. Read it. Somebody read it. Read it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Keep going. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Withstand. Take some. Keep going. And having done all to stand. Wait, read that again. And having all to stand. And having done all, meaning you go sometimes have to take so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. You don't use every ounce of the energy and the might you got. Then he say, after taking all of that, I gave you this, watch this, this armor so that when you get weak, the armor will hold you up. But the armor doesn't work until you first fall. It don't even kick in until all of you is beat down and broken up. That's why I say, in your weakness, he is made strong. So it's until you're at your weakest that the army even kick in in the first place. Keep reading, Greg. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod. With the preparation of the gospel peace. Wait. Y'all like the word. Y'all do y'all read? Right. Read it again, great, right there. That part. And your feet shod with with the preparation of the gospel. And your feet for you go out there and try to fight. <laughs> you better be prepared. He said, Your feet shod with the preparation of what? The gospel. 
You've got to be prepared before you go out there. You can't go run out there to a street fight and you ain't even fought when you were five or six. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. You got to be prepared for that. Okay? Keep reading, Greg. Before all, taking the shield of faith, wherein ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Did y'all hear that? The shield of faith. You got the shield of faith because there's nothing that's able to penetrate through. Watch this. Watch. It may get through the helmet. It may get through the breastplate of righteousness. But the shield of faith, that's the only thing that is impenetrable by the enemy's fiery darts. Your faith is what keeps the enemy from hitting you in bad spots. When you look at the shield and how they designed it, even fiery darts could not tear it up. It could withstand anything. So if anything should be standing at the end, your faith should still be strong. That's what it's saying. Yeah. I, you still should be believing that you're victorious. Keep reading, Greg. And take the armor of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay. Go back. Verse 17. That's where you at? Yes. Okay. Read the first two words. And take. 16. I'm sorry. Go back to 16. Uh, above all. Yes. Right there. Read that part again. Above all. When you see above all, it's telling you I didn't mention all the rest of this stuff. But out of all that stuff I mentioned, what? This part right here is the part that you need to really pay attention to, right? Above all, what, Greg? Taking the shield of faith. Take the faith out there with you. Keep going. Where will you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts. So you can take the blows, keep going. Of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation. Number two, so the first thing I need to make, if I don't grab my belt, if I don't grab no bra, if I don't grab my weave. <laughs> if you gonna run out there, you gonna have to, you gonna take these, if you ain't can't leave these, you got to take your shield of faith, then the next one say, take the helmet of salvation because you got to go out there knowing you saved. If you don't know you saved, you better stay in the house. You better take the helmet of salvation. Go ahead, keep reading. And the sword of the spirit. There it is, y'all. He just told you three things you can't go to war without. Faith. What else? Your salvation. That means if you ain't saved, don't go out there trying to fight. Huh? Then the last one is what? Sword of spirit. What did we say that was? Word. word of God. You need faith, salvation, and the word of God. If you got those three things going into the fight, you're going to win. Then when you get to that scripture, you know, we quote 18 all the time. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times, every occasion. Make your request be made known. Stop, blah, 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 right? We like to quote that part, but then we don't even know anything about what we said before us. Before you start even praying, you better have grabbed your faith, grabbed your salvation, and grabbed you a word. What does that mean? Don't try to fight an enemy in your house, in your relationship with your children, on your job, and you don't have no word. Okay. Everything else is a defense. Your word is the offense. Now, when it says sword of the spirit, it's referencing the word of God. Most people equate the word of God to what? Something simple. Y'all tell me. What's the word of God? The Bible, right? Okay. Now, when most people say the word of God, or you read that, you think of the Bible. The Bible ain't the, ain't the only word of God. Okay. The word of God is the word that he say to you. Anything, the Bible says, anything that proceeds out of the mouth of God is the word of God. So you can get a word outside this Bible, it will be in alignment with the Bible. But you can get a word that's not quoted verbatim out this Bible that he can speak to you. That can be enough to win. Are y'all following what I'm saying? God didn't stop talking or just start talking.
He, if he stopped talking then, y'all, what, what we doing? <laughs> Everything we ever preached is a lie. Y'all could have read the Bible as another book for yourself at your own time. But there's revealed word of God. God is still speaking word now. This word is supposed to be used. Words on Sunday, words on Wednesday. You're supposed to be grabbing that word, using that word to win your war. That way you'll never be defeated. You know, we sang that song. Devil is a lie. God is a lie. Devil be the yes, issue is defeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to end up. You are going to be defeated. I'm sorry to tell you, you are going to be defeated. <laughs> and we're going to keep praying for you. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday because you ain't grab no word. Now I want to ask you why you coming and you ain't grab the word yet. The word is there. You can't grab me, the preacher, and use the preacher or the lady or another elder or another prayer warrior as your weapon. No, you got to have your home. Grab the word. Put that word in your purse, in your pocket, put it in your child's hands. And y'all walk out to church. When you get home, you regurgitate that word, you retain it, you repeat it, you say it, and then when it click, you got it as a weapon. Huh? We so busy shouting and running and all that kind of, we 
speaking all kind of tongues, but we can't even discern a real enemy when he's showing up right here yeah. on the same road. No, I mean, I argue with you. What you mean? You are, we're not enemies. This is pointless, right? We got to maintain the atmosphere that's free from revolt and insurrection. Watch this. Then our next thing to do, once we have mastered discernment, okay, I'm gonna, get, I'm, I'm gonna show you what discernment looks like. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Have you ever saw a movie where somebody tried to sneak into another country? They try to fly in undetected. Uh -huh. And then they have these unknown satellites that pick them up, and this siren or something go off, and then all of a sudden they show up out the blue. Like, how? Now, nah, you ain't gonna just get in my territory like that. We got eyes everywhere. The best eyes that they have are the eyes you can't see. And most of them are in a different realm. How do they protect themselves from foreign intrusion? They set satellites above the earth realm. Mm -hmm. They put them in another realm mm -hmm. that the person that's trying to get in can't see. Y'all got to follow me. So then when they try to sneak in, it don't matter because where they're looking from is a higher place. Scripture to back it up, Revelation 4. Go and read it. It says that I have a panoramic view. I look from a high place to a low place. I have satellite vision in the spirit where I can detect anything trying to come in my realm. We have to be like satellites. That's, that's the best illustration I can give. I'm telling you, that satellite sit up there and it tell, it tell them, it'll inform, baby, it's all coming in across that way. They swimming in the water. <laughs> Surround them. Yeah. Huh? Wouldn't it be amazing if we would detect every enemy that showed up? Yeah. I hit you, I said, baby, it's an enemy two days from the day. <laughs> Don't even entertain it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I wish I could really live. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I just I get excited. Like we can live in that place where the Holy Spirit has us so in sync. That's what Ezekiel said. He said, every time the Spirit moved, they moved. When he turned, they turned. When he stopped, they stopped. They were so synchronized with the Spirit that nothing went out of alignment with the Spirit. So if the Spirit picked it up, they picked it up. After we manage maintaining atmospheres, then we must also actively this is what y'all not gonna like. I'm close my book. I gotta get out of here. Now I'm about to go green here. We got to secondly infiltrate and penetrate the world systems. We got to infiltrate and penetrate, not isolate and alienate. We have to infiltrate and penetrate, not isolate and alienate. We have to infiltrate and penetrate the world systems. But instead, the church is isolating and alienating. Meaning they are staying away from and then they're talking about that that they stand away from. Okay. Infiltrate. When a, when a country infiltrates another country or an army, they send in like a spy or whatever, and they'll grow up with that, that country in a family, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they might be like 27. They've been living over there since they were nine mm -hmm. and were raised in infiltration, right? Mm -hmm. So they get over there, and they've been living there, told not to make a move, learn everything you can learn, learn the language, learn how they move, Learn where they go, what they do, and what time they do it. Learn all their customs, traditions, everything. They infiltrate. They get in and they learn infiltration at its best. When you are there and you look just like them and they can't tell the difference. I'm going to tell you when it was done. I got a Bible. I'm like, I got a Bible. Just give me one second. Give me one second. So grows up and then one day they receive a call saying, now it's time to carry out the plan. See, what's happening is the enemy is infiltrating us. But we're not infiltrating his system. We're isolating and alienating. Where he's infiltrating. I'm going to 
Y'all, okay, okay. Y'all remember there was a man named uh, uh, Moses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, his mama said they were gonna kill all of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him infiltrate the system that he's meant to take down years from the day. He don't know because he's just a little boy. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna put him in a basket and let him go down a, a, a river. Mm-hmm. He was picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in the house, yeah. trained by them, learned all of their ways, mm-hmm. all of their customs, their language, their lingo, dressed like them. And then one day God pulls him out and says, now it's time to go and get my people. Well, wait, he ain't got to go nowhere. <laughs> Y'all ready there? Y'all got to get it is nowhere for him to go to fulfill the assignment because he's already in the assignment because he's been infiltrating that system since he was little. The devil been fighting you since you were little, but our mistake in parenting is we didn't teach our children how to infiltrate the enemy back. Okay. Infiltration means to enter and gain access to those in authority and rank. Let me get out of here. What does that look like? We just talked about it today. We want to talk about politics and you don't want to be, you don't want to be a city council. You don't want to be on the board of ed. God ain't called me that. Oh, God only called people to preach. You mean to tell me church is the only kingdom? The only system in the world? No, you got education, you got entertainment, you got five different systems of the world. Some can extend that to eight. Because then they'll start separating media from music. Right? How do we take over the systems of the world without being in them? We isolating ourselves and alienating those systems. We talk about the R&B industry, hip hop, and we talk about all that stuff. Then ain't none of us over there. Then expect the folk over there to convert. Y'all ain't gonna talk to them. I'm, I'm just talking. Y'all go, y'all go back to the church. Y'all don't want to hear me. Because we've gotten so used to the old school telling us that we're dirty, should be ashamed, you can't listen to, you can't do that, because that makes you unholy, unclean. Come on. And they fail to realize the definition of salvation is you get imputed righteousness, meaning you don't deserve it, he gave it to you anyway, knowing how dirty you were, but God decided to die anyway, use his blood to cleanse you up, give you a word to help you get better, and go towards perfection, but you'll never reach it. No. So righteousness is not based upon what you do, it's based upon what he did. So because of that, I can go in a system of the world mm-hmm. and convert those at the bar while they drink. That's right. We don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. We, that makes us, ooh, I can't be around them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stay around them before you got stay. That's right. <laughs> you ain't had no problem. You want to, ooh, I can't do it. I wasn't doing nothing that then. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Who, who would stop and get off me when you Y'all, y'all can catch it in just a second. 
they, they want to catch on live and they got their word and they don't want to do nothing else. They don't want to do no work. They on reserve. I just want to come one week and I think I've done God justice by showing up to church one time a month. Come on. You know, and that makes me say, because you can't tell me I don't know God. You can't tell me that because, see, I know God. Even when I'm not doing, you know, ain't it funny how folks want to teach you and train you and tell you how much they know God when you sit beside them? Because they know you go for real and do for real. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't know who I got the family reunion with. Drunk mama want to sit beside me and convince me that he knows the Lord, but I ain't been to church in 32 years. That's good. But you love the Lord. Just like you love your wife, but you go home now every night and sleep in the bed with her. But you ain't been to church yet at 32. You can't love him. I'm sorry to tell you. Don't come over here trying to make the preacher get you to hell because you ain't going to get there. That's an unnecessary conversation. That's how you're talking about that. That's just how to change the subject. Because you're going to make me say what you don't want to hear. Because there are plenty of people going to know him, but they're going to hell. Knowing it don't get you there. Right. Obeying it does. Yeah. Yeah. So you got two statuses. Active and reserved. Most folk are treating Christianity like they on reserve status. That's what the Holy Ghost said to me. I felt so bad. But then the Holy Ghost said, you got to tell them, it ain't no reserve in salvation. <laughs> Once you get saved, you always on active duty. Okay. So let, let's break down what how they teach the army folks, right? We know. First thing you do when you decide to go on active duty, you want to go and you want to be a soldier, right? You enlist, you sign up for it, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So when you confess and believe, you was enlisting. You thought the devil was messing with you. Most of that stuff you was dealing with, you caused it. Damn, nothing to do with the devil. It was just enough for God to utilize that to get you over here. Now you finna face the real devil. <laughs> huh? First thing you do is enlist. When you enlist, where do they send you first? Basic train. Basic train. train. You got to know, y'all. But the first thing you want to do is be an apostle. <laughs> Ain't getting no basic training. You want to be on the flyer. You want to be the next best thing. You want to be seen. You want to be in a mic. And when you don't get one, you feel like you are disrespected because I want you to go to basic. I mean prayer. Now he find you. <laughs> then you want to come all the time. Y'all ain't 
promoted to private first class, I get a special skill, a gift, and I can carry out a mission. There are people in the body of Christ who think because they are who they are that they automatically were born into private first class. They come in and they possess the ability to carry out the mission. But if you haven't mastered following order, you haven't been promoted yet. Let me go on to the end of this. If you cannot master following orders and doing an assigned job that you, were, you don't feel like you were called to, this means to the major or the colonel or whatever the high rank is, hops, give me another one. Master Sergeant. It tells the Master Sergeant that your washtics, your other peers can't trust you in battle. Meaning I can't trust you on a mission because you haven't shown that you can follow orders. What does that look like? I can't give you, watch this, authority to carry out a mission and if I tell you to abort, you still gonna carry it out anyway. Because when you're out there, it's not about you. It's about those you're called to protect and serve. So it's not about your ego. It's not about your pride. Because sometimes the one behind the mic is the one that can see what you can't see. You want a mission, but mad because you haven't been assigned one, but you haven't gotten one because you are out of order, because you graduated yourself to private first class and hadn't passed basic yet. You can't learn to use a weapon until you get to private first class. Job 22, 27 through 28, and I'm closing my Bible. Now we're gonna do an ask you this is still right. Y'all ain't mine. Job 22, 27 through 28. This is why when you read those scriptures, you start looking up those words in the Greek and the Hebrew. Oh, I know you understand what they mean in the English, but they could be talking about something else in the Hebrew or the Greek. Okay. Somebody got Job 22, 27. you should have technique, strategy, strategy, and purpose 
for why you use the words you use. If not, you just represent the whole church. You pray to miss. You just jump in there and just start saying stuff. And don't have no understanding of what you're saying. You put it together because, you know, that's what you hear everybody else say. That's what they've been saying all your life. When we start praying impromptu, one of the first things we say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Right? Praise your hand to say that. I do. Now y'all finish out. I do. Uh, not all the time. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Right? You need to understand why you say Father first if you say it. Why are you saying you come if you're saying I come? You need to understand why you are saying that in the order you are saying it. Because there is a purpose in it. Let's talk about the technique and breakdown of warfare. When I open in prayer, now watch this. We ain't talking about general prayer. We're talking about warfare prayer. The model prayer that Jesus prayed represents general prayer. When you open in warfare prayer, you should open in an announcement. You should be announcing. So, when I open in warfare prayer, you can use words like I announce and or I come. Right? So when I say I come, I'm making an announcement. I come in the name. Right? Oh, Jesus. I come in the, some of y'all say, mighty, naturally, precious, y'all use all of that. Ain't even necessary. Because in the name of Jesus, everything shall be. I come in the name of Jesus. Watch this. In the name of Jesus, but then I tell them who I am, whose I am, and who I serve. You can say, I am a son or a daughter of God. Right? So you not only say, I come in the name of Jesus first, then after that, you tell them who you are according to that name. I come in the name of Jesus, whom I serve, whom I love, or whatever you want to say. You can say, and I am a son of God. Once you made your announcement, the devil should know who you are. Because you're going to war with him, right? You don't want him to say, Paul, I know. Silas, I know. But who are you? No, baby, you're going to know I'm in 10. Let's make no mistake. I come in the name of Jesus. You got to come in the name of Jesus. Because in the name of Jesus, every knee bows. So whoever you about to fight with, you want them to automatically get on their knee. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. Okay, they should get down. Not get down because of you. They get down because of the name of Jesus. You don't have no power. He got all power. Now, if you're in warfare, you should immediately go to either decreeing, establishing, announcing, binding. I mean, you got several places you can go, but I'm going to use a few tonight and make sure you understand them so when you go home tonight, you can practice. Okay, we're going to do it like an activation. Y'all ready? Yeah. What does decree mean? Y'all talk about it. Y'all say it a lot. Decree, what is decree? You said something. Declaration is different than a decree. Let's talk about it. Yeah. When you said something in order like a um, law or something. You make an announcement of the king's demands. A decree is when like a prince or a messenger or a servant runs out in the, in the country or the, or the land and say, this is the message of the king. The decree such and such and such and such. There shall be no one who eats lettuce and prays to God in the next seven days. You're right. If you do what they tell the uh, three Hebrew boys, you'll be thrown in the fiery furnace. That was a decree. When you break a decree, you're subject to punishment by the king. So I go in warfare with the decree because if the enemy does not subject himself to the decree of the king, he subject himself to the punishment of the king. 
So I decree a thing. Now, if I decree it, I have to tell what it established. The Bible says, I shall decree a thing, and it shall be what? Y'all got to know these, but you got to know You quote the scripture, you got to know it. So if I'm decreed in warfare, the next place I go is to tell what that, that, that decree established. Huh? It establishes precedence, boundaries, borders, limitations to what the enemy can do in my house. Oh my, you get what I'm saying? So I decree it. I say, I decree that the devil cannot enter my marriage, right? And I establish as a result of that peace. And I'm just beginning. So I go from decree to set the establishment. So first, you come, you make an announcement who you are. Who, God, who Jesus is first, then who you are. Then you decree and establish. I automatically, when I decree, I mean when I establish, if I'm in warfare, all of that is boundaries, parameters, all of those things, borders, laws of the kingdom of God. I always establish boundaries. The enemy is trying to penetrate your boundaries, your border, your limitations. He's trying to cross that line, Caroline. So you establish those borders. I establish that you won't make me cuss you out. I will not. I'm establishing that today. I'm establishing my peace. Because see, if I don't, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to establish that border. That's a limitation. You will not make me act a fool on you. I establish that, okay? Watch this. When you announce in warfare, when you make an announcement, you say, I announce. And you'll see this if you buy this, when you get the book. Announce. When you announce, you announce promises, blessings, and favor. I announce that I am a friend of God. I am the head. I'm announcing. So I'm telling what the God's word say in reference to me. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. So you announce what the word says about you. Now, once you've done those four, four or five things, you want to go to disallowing. The Bible says you can bind and it shall be bound. You can loose and it shall be loose, right? Which translates, I can disallow and he'll disallow. I can approve and he'll disapprove. Why am I saying it with two different words? Because you need vocabulary when you pray. If you say bind, it's the same thing as disallow, which is the same thing as disprove. You can use any three of those. When you say loose, you're saying I'm allowing it. I approve of it. I'm okay with it. So you say, well, I don't know what loose means, but I know what allow means. So I ain't got to try to sound super smart in prayer. I know what allow is, so I'm going to say, I'm okay with this. I allow it. You get what I'm saying? We don't have to be so super spiritual. So we think that because this word's over here, we hear other folks say we got to use those specific words. There are synonyms to those words that you already know what they mean. Use those until you grow into the bind and loose. Another one of my favorites is resisting the devil. I resist. I resist <laughs> my desire to clap back on social media. I know I read that post, Lord, but I, I'm telling you, I, I resist the devil. He got to flee. You, you, you got to declare what you're resisting. I resist my flesh that want to lay down. Got to say it. Got to listen. I resist driving up that road trying to meet somebody at 11 o'clock. I'm just not gonna resist it. Got to say it. Got to say it. Huh? Got to say it. I resist it. Huh? I resist entertaining this foolishness. I'm not doing it. I resist the devil. And he will do what? 
Flee, which means that when you say you resist, I do not entertain. I'm not giving what? Voice to it. You can say any of those things that mean the same thing. We used to say it in the getaway, I ain't giving you the time of day. Tell the opposition, I ain't giving you my Hey, give me the time today. All right. I'm going to pause for a sec. I'm done. Y'all stand up. <laughs>